Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. I am your host, Dane Kramer, and this is the Thinking Christian Podcast. I'm glad you're here today. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and know, uh, you know what it's about, uh, why I'm podcasting, or you'd like to know more about me, um, just go to my website. Go to thethinkingchristian.us. That's thethinkingchristian.us. There you'll uh, be directed to my website. You'll find archives of each podcast. You can go back and listen to them. You can register your complaints, your uh, yays or nays to the podcasts. Uh, there's a comment section with each one on my website. Feel free to do that. And I have some other inf- information, other resources there on my website. You are welcome to take a look at that. Um, in addition to podcasting and kind of theological stuff. Um, also have an interest in backpacking, and uh, on my website you'll see some links uh, to videos that I've uh, produced, um, and I always post my most recent ones first, there's so there's a video link on my website, just click on that and you can uh, watch the latest videos, but that's not why I'm here today, I'm not here to talk about videos, I'm here to talk about stuff, stuff that matters to me. And uh, I think nothing matters more. Nothing is more important than the issue at hand today. Today we are going to talk about, or we're going we're gonna to address the question of, can we know if God exists? I think this is a fascinating topic, and I uh, hope you do too. All right, let's get started. You know, um, in my ministry at the jail, I go there on a weekly basis and meet with inmates. In my ministry at the jail, it is often that uh, I kind of have to engage with this question. And that's because I'm meeting people who really have not grown up in the church. They have no real faith background to speak of. And... um, And frankly, a lot of them are in a difficult position, and they start questioning, hey, is God involved? Is there even a God out there? And so this question comes up frequently. And oftentimes, it's it's really asked from a genuine heart. I mean, people are really wanting to know. And I, I can imagine, why wouldn't you want to know if, if we can know if God exists? Does he exist? Is there a God out there? Who is this God? Does he care about me? Uh, you know, those are the those are the big questions of life. And uh, I really like talking about the big questions of life, which is sort of why I started this podcast, so we could talk about some of the big questions. All right. Um, so can we know that God exists? To uh, address this question today, I want to uh, talk about an argument uh, that that's popular today in philosophical circles, and I think it's a really good one. Um, I think it's it's um, it's an argument that is worth listening to. It's not complex. I mean, it's very very simple. It's only three step. It's a deductive three step argument. Very easy to follow along, and I hope that it challenges your thinking a little bit today, especially if you are skeptical. You know, if you're just not sure, if you're agnostic, you don't know if there's a God. You don't know if we can know if there's a God. Uh, just just be open minded and give this a listen. I think this is a pretty sound argument. Now it's called today. Uh, it's called the Kalam cosmological argument. Real fancy words, the Kalam cosmological argument. 
And let me talk about the argument itself before we actually discuss it. The word kalam is a uh, an Arabic word, and it just means medieval. And I'm, I'm not sure who coined the phrase. It's popularized today by Dr. William Lane Craig, and I've mentioned him before. I am a fan of uh, Dr. Craig. Don't agree with 100% of everything he puts out, but he's a, a top-notch thinker. And uh, so I do. I certainly do respect him, and he he has popularized popularized this. Uh, argument today, and I, again, I don't know if he's called it the Kalam cosmological argument. That's or if that's a, a phrase that he's coined, or whether it was handed to him. But uh, again, it means Kalam means medieval. It's a medieval argument about the the origins of our universe, and it was it was uh, advanced in the Middle Ages by um, uh, Muslim philosophers, but they weren't really the first to develop it. Uh, I think it probably can be traced back to like the likes of Aristotle in his unmoved mover argument, and that's sort of where it begins. But uh, Dr. Craig has really popularized it, and I've listened to him use this argument many times in debates with uh, leading atheists, and I I think it is is a sound argument. And uh, I say that because as I've listened to the the replies to this argument, they're kind of all over the map. Uh, I think if someone would have found an obvious chink in this armor, if someone would have found you know a real Achilles heel to this argument, they would have gone after it. Uh, but the, the argument is approached on different levels uh, and different ways, which kind of tells me that no one's found a real common problem with it. So. As you listen to it today, maybe you'll see something that uh, you think is is, a, is problematic with it. Please, please, please let me know about that. I'd like to know what you're thinking in terms of, you know, what you think this argument is and, and maybe where it fails. Okay. All right. It, again, it's three points. And the first point is whatever begins to exist has a cause. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. Number two the universe began to exist. The universe began to exist. And finally, number three, the universe has a cause. Now, I'm going to walk through those piece by piece and um, just kind of talk about them a little bit. Okay, so point number one, whatever begins to exist has a cause. Now, I think this is pretty self-evident. I think this, there's something about this argument, this number one, that should be self-evident. And that is, if something began to exist, that, whatever it is, had a cause. And when I say cause, meaning something caused it to come into existence. Um, we know of nothing in this universe. We know of nothing in our world that is uncaused, that, that had a beginning, yet it was never caused by anything, uh, that there are no properties, that there are no uh, things in place that, that caused it, that it simply popped into existence. Uh, you've never walked down the sidewalk, I can almost guarantee you, and suddenly, out of nowhere, uncaused, without any kind of provocation or any kind of uh, um, events leading up to it, you know, suddenly a tricycle appeared on the sidewalk in front of you. I mean, they don't, things just don't pop into existence uncaused. If if it did pop into existence, we would assume that there's a cause, that there's a reason why it did. And I guess that's what I mean by cause, that there's a reason. There's, there's, something, there's something that uh, comes before it to bring it into existence. If a magician pulls a rabbit out of a hat, 
and that rabbit was not there before. I mean, even if he used magic, and even if he could magically pull it out of a hat, the magician himself is the cause. He's the one who brought this about. So, so even if he could use some sort of magical powers, it's the magician that brought it into existence. The, the point number one, whatever begins to exist has a cause, meaning that, that everything that exists had to have come from something. Now, you know, the most proximate example is you. You exist, okay? And you began to exist. There was a time in which you were not here. There was a time in which you did not exist, but now you do exist. And so there was something that caused your existence. You know what that is. It would be your parents and the actions that they took and those actions and all of the biological things that occurred uh, as a result brought you into existence, and of course, your parents, the, each of them had a cause that brought them into existence. So neither you nor your parents or their parents or anybody along the line suddenly, without a cause, without a reason, without any kind of um, uh, antecedent, none of you popped into existence uncaused. Okay, uh, that there has to be a cause. There has to be a reason for everything that has begun to exist to exist. Now, I will say that this point number one is is the one that's most often attacked. Because if you accept point number one, point number two and three, um, well, point number two, I think, is, is accepted almost universally. And it does lead you to point number three. And um, so if you accept one and since number two is accepted, three is inevitable. Number three, the universe has a cause, has to be um, real. It has to take place. So number one is the one that's most often attacked. But again, I think this is intuitive. I think you and I both understand this, that nothing in our universe, nothing that we know of, came into existence without a uh, an antecedent cause, without something that's prior to it that caused it to come into existence. Okay, number two, the universe began to exist. Now, in the not-too-distant past, actually, this um, number two was uh, challenged uh, by the scientific community. Uh, you, you may not know this, but prior to what we call the Big Bang Theory, there was, there was a universally held idea that the universe, all that you and I know, had always existed and that it never came into existence. But the um, some developments in the, in the recent scientific community, uh, really sort of uh, involving uh, Edwin Hubble, uh, whom the Hubble telescope is named after, and some measurements that he took, Albert Einstein's um, theories, uh, and some other scientific exploration has have led, I'd say, the vast majority of scientists to believe that our universe had a beginning. That the universe did not always exist in in uh, in eternity, but that it came into existence. This is commonly accepted today, and you know, outside of scientific developments, I, I think you and I could probably deduce that the universe began to exist, that the universe could not be uh, infinitely, uh, eternally here. Let me explain. If the universe was eternal that it never had a beginning, that it always existed, then that would mean that, that an infinite number of moments 
had to have passed prior to this present moment. Okay, for if the universe goes back into infinity, that it that it never had a beginning, but the universe and all that we know, time, space, matter, energy, energy had always existed. That must mean that an infinite number of moments have passed prior to this present moment occurring. Now that creates a problem because we can't pass through an infinite number of moments. Because as many moments as you have passed through, you still have an infinite number of moments to pass through to reach this present moment. And that is impossible because you can't pass through an infinite number of moments. But this present moment, I'm willing to argue, is here. You do exist in the present moment. I exist in the present moment. This present moment, whenever it is you're listening to this, this present moment does exist in reality. Therefore, we have to conclude that only a finite number of moments occurred before this present moment. Now, a lot might be a lot of moments. You know, it could be a lot of time. I'm not suggesting that it's short or long. I'm just suggesting that it has to be finite. It cannot be infinite. And therefore, I believe the logical conclusion to reach, even without the scientific measurements of our universe and its expansion, the logical conclusion is that our universe had a beginning. That there was a point in which our universe did not exist, and then it came into existence. Now, remember point number one, whatever begins to exist has a cause. Number two, I believe this is widely accepted and and is intuitively understandable that the universe began to exist. That our universe at one point did not exist and now it exists. And so it had a beginning. Therefore, number three is inescapable and that is the universe has a cause. Now, I don't believe that that's a stretch of the imagination, but if, if, if the universe came into existence, which I believe it did, something had to have caused it. All right. Something has to, had to have caused it. And actually, I think a lot of the scientific community recognize that, that if the universe began to exist, then something brought it into existence. And that's what they're trying to discover. They're trying to discover what that something is. Now, you might say, but wait a second, uh, maybe maybe it's not a god that, that caused our universe to come into existence. Maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe you know, some natural explanation um, can, can tell us what brought the universe into existence, and this is not necessarily God. And I would agree that the, the, the Kalam cosmological argument doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily point to God or a God, uh, you know, which God at all. I, 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 I get that, I, and, and that's true. It doesn't. But it does demonstrate that something caused our universe to come into existence. Now, uh, now this is what I'm about to talk about. It goes outside of the uh, Kalam cosmological argument. But I think there is a, a few things that we might be able to deduce about that cause, uh, that cause that brought our universe into existence. Whatever that cause is, I think there's a few things that we can understand and, and walk through. Uh, in other words, if we're looking for a cause... It has to meet, whatever caused our universe, it has to meet some criteria, and that's what I want to talk about. Whatever caused our universe can't be part of the universe. 
Okay, whatever caused our universe to come into existence can't be the universe itself, because something that does not exist can't cause itself to come into existence. I mean, we know of no examples of where something did not exist and then it made itself come into existence, even though it didn't exist. Uh, that that that's just counterintuitive, and I believe it's counter logical to assume that something that did not exist brought itself into existence, and we have no examples. I mean, you can't be walking down this, the sidewalk again, once again, and suddenly a tricycle caused itself to come into existence there before you. That it, that it did not exist, but suddenly it made itself exist. So whatever caused the universe to come into existence can't be the universe. In fact, if it was the universe, then, then we didn't just go back far enough. Something, if the universe caused itself, then where did that universe come from? Okay, so we didn't, we didn't go back far enough. So whatever caused the universe has to be something outside of the universe. It can't be the universe. For example, the universe is made of um, time, space, and matter. So whatever caused the universe to exist cannot be made up of matter. It has to be immaterial because the universe is made of matter. Therefore, whatever this is has to be immaterial. All right, next, whatever caused the universe um, it has to be immaterial. It has to be non-spatial because the universe is made up of space. Space is just where you put the things that you have. And the universe has space, but space did not occur prior to the to the beginning of the universe. So whatever caused the universe can be made up of space because it created space. So it has to be non-spatial. So it has to be immaterial. It has to be non-spatial. And the third thing, it, it has to be eternal. Okay, it has to exist outside of time because it created time. Time can't create itself. If time did not exist, then time cannot make itself exist. Therefore, it has to be outside of time or eternal. So whatever cause that we're looking for has to be non-spatial, immaterial, and eternal. So think about that for a minute. What is non-spatial? eternal, and immaterial. What could we find that fits that criteria, that fits those requirements? Uh, well, certainly, of course, the Christian God does. Well, the Bible claims that the Christian God is spirit, and therefore he would be immaterial. The Bible claims that he is eternal, and if he's spirit, then he doesn't take up space. Therefore, he would be non-spatial. So we see that God does fit the criteria that we're looking for. Now, friends, this is just simple deductive reasoning. This is just looking at it logically, reasonably, and trying to reach a conclusion that fits, irregardless of where that conclusion takes us. I think that's the problem sometimes with some people is that the logical, the reasonable explanation for something might take them to a place that makes them uncomfortable. And so they shy away from that because they don't like the implications of some things. They don't like the implications of some parts of our reality. But I would challenge you to seek truth no matter where it takes you even if it takes you to the conclusion that there might 
be a god. If that's real, wouldn't you want to know it? If it's true, wouldn't you desire to know that to be true? I couldn't imagine someone not wanting to know what reality is. Now, next week, I want to talk about the, the next logical question that is often asked. And that is, okay, if God created the universe, where did God come from? That's a good question. And I'm really excited to answer that next week. I want to thank you for joining me again on today's episode. If you like it, please share it, leave a comment. And uh, I hope it makes you think, because that's what I like to do here at The Thinking Christian, is just make you think. This is Dane Kramer, and I'm signing out. Hope to see you next time on The Thinking Christian Podcast. 